Hello, Emily. Hi, Kayla. <laughs> wow. I wasn't going to say anything. And I was like, okay. Just, you know, we decided to join a really undersaturated market of Bachelor Recap podcasts. There aren't enough. There's like none. <laughs> you just came um, up with a brand new idea. Very little competition. Um, and I feel as though we're the first of our kind, ahead of our time, perhaps. So we always have been. Maybe um, this, maybe this type of thing will catch on. You know, maybe more people will start doing podcasts on The Bachelor. Who maybe knows? more white women will start making podcasts. Historic week. Um, Historic week. We took two tyrants out of office. We took Donald Trump and Claire Crawley out of office this week. Absolutely. And we welcomed in a new era. I was just thinking last night, you know, it's too bad we didn't start this at the beginning of the season, but we did. This is the beginning of the season. <laughs> we skipped the bullshit. We'll review the bullshit real quick, but... Yeah, we'll give it like a highlight reel. Um, true beginning. I guess we'll start with like who we are. Yeah. Which we don't need to because this is going to have maybe 10 people listen and eight of them are mutual friends of ours. So they know both of us. Um, but I am Kayla. I am 25 years old and I am a graduate student. Um, and I started watching The Bachelor like four years ago uh, with Ari season, which is really a testament to the fact that I still watch The Bachelor because I started on maybe the worst season the show has ever had. I'm Emily. I am unemployed and I... <laughs> decided you know why not just like fill my time with more things such as podcasting um no I'm currently applying to grad school I used to work on Broadway and I quit my job due to the pandemic raging outside don't know if you've heard of it it's called <laughs> coronavirus called COVID-19 little thing called COVID-19 um wear your mask stay inside so basically my industry went extinct so that's so I found a new industry the bachelor <laughs> so I found a new outlet also super undersaturated, needed more white women. Bachelor. Um, I started watching The Bachelor with Nick Viall's season. Um, absolute daddy, best lead the show has ever had. Absolutely. It's a good time. Absolutely. So really a good time to start. I've since gone back and watched really early seasons. My mom and sister and I during quarantine really took a step back and dug deep in bachelor history uh and we watched some doozies but here we are and this is the first time my mom has watched a season live you know um it was unfortunate martha we'll have to get martha to be a guest guest on the pod (laughs) she'll be a guest on the pod she has a lot of opinions um I'm glad that I started her on this season despite the fact that Claire was terrible I think Tasha will be great for her but you know here we are. Few, so few disclaimers about our pod. One, um, like everything else about me and Emily, this is incredibly half-assed and last minute, meaning um, we literally watched the episode last night and we were texting each other and also tweeting and we were like, hey, let's start a podcast, meaning we don't have any microphones. So we're both recording on headphones. So if the audio is trash, we also are, and we don't plan ahead, and we have no forward thinking at all. That's the first thing. Like, maybe if this goes well, we'll eventually upgrade our audio, but more than likely, it's not <laughs> going to. So, 
but it's gonna be hey, shitty. Hey, 24 people said in my Instagram poll that we should do this podcast. And for complete egomaniacs like us, that's 23 more people than we needed to do it. As we, the poll was a formality. I mean, you were like, should we do this? And I was like, it's already decided and done. So if, if we don't get at least 24 listens, you're fake as fuck. Like I'm putting this, this clip alone on my Instagram and I'm going to call you all out. Four of you who voted yes better be tuning in. Okay. So anyway, um, that is who we are for the maybe one person listening who only knows one of us. For sure, no one's listening that doesn't know either of us. But maybe someone's listening that only knows one of us, you know? Yeah, um, I can. So yeah, we've we've wanted to do a podcast for years, but a nothing about our own lives is interesting enough to start a podcast. And B, the only common interests that we share are true crime and The Bachelor, which are both very undersaturated podcast markets. Like we could have gone for either and it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We're here now. We're doing it. The name. The name of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Is it's Don't so Insult My Intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> which if you remember... I know you remember because we picked this name, but um, to the five people listening to this, if you watched the iconic last season of Bachelor in Paradise, you may have a distant memory of John Paul Jones um, confronting angel, earth angel man, Derek Peff, and saying, don't insult my intelligence, Derek. And when we were coming up with a name for this podcast, um, everything Bachelor is very overdone, like roses, champagne, it's all very overdone. And so we're trying to think outside the box and then don't insult my intelligence, Derek has been my Instagram bio literally since the last season of Bachelor in Paradise because I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Um, And I just feel that don't insult my intelligence is really, it's the vibe for this. Like the Bachelor franchise is constantly insulting our intelligence. It's perfect. It's really the perfect name for this. Um, it also applies to all of you. So like, don't perceive us. Um, please listen, but don't comment and don't insult our intelligence. Um, so let's start with Claire Crawley. Let's start with the decision so, of, of choosing Claire Crawley. So as a disclaimer, as a mean girl, like I'm a mean girl, I respect what Claire was trying to do which is be mean but I don't think it was the time or place um so the choice for Clara was so weird obviously everyone when they announced it was like whomst whomst the fuck (laughs) so you know and then they showed they did like the bachelor greatest of all time while we were all suffering and and they showed Juan Pablo's season on that. So they and made us suffer more. That made us suffer more. And we saw her, and I think, like, you know, I mean, I was, like, good for her. She's the oldest bachelorette. I, you know, I can't knock it till I try it. But, but of not, course. I was, I was excited about yeah. the idea of a bachelorette. And I love Hannah Brown, so this is no Tino shade to Hannah Brown. But I was really excited about a bachelorette that was not 23 years old. Like, 
my thing is like, I'm only 25, you're 23. Like, we don't want to watch people our age fuck up on national TV. Like, I'll just call my friend. God, no. I don't need, God, no. I don't need to watch her make these decisions. And so I was excited about someone older because honestly, one of the, the best Bachelor seasons we've ever had was Nick Vile. And it was because he was older. And even though him and Vanessa didn't work out, like, he knew what he wanted, he knew what he was looking for. Like, and it made for a great season. So I was excited about Claire, but this is the thing. And this might be a really controversial statement for our first episode. So like, if anybody's listening that's offended, like A, you probably already know me and know I feel this way, but B, sorry. Asking Claire Crawley to be the bachelorette because we wanted an older bachelorette was like when we wanted a woman for president and the DNC was like, here's Hillary Clinton. We're like, no, 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 not her. <laughs> like, right, not what like, we meant. No, because it's the same thing as Hillary. Like, we ran Hillary Clinton. It was not a good idea. And now, who knows when we're going to get a woman president? Same thing with Claire Crawley. We wanted an older bachelorette. Claire was horrible. So now, when are we going to get one again? It's just going to go right back to being 23-year-old Hannah Brown. Right. Because if everyone's going to fuck up, why not cast a younger person? Like, that's what's going to happen. And I mean, I was so happy they didn't choose anyone from Peter's season. I don't think anyone was worthy. Um, I like and there, Kelsey. I like Kelsey. I think she would. I think she would have been a good bachelorette, but I also like worry about her. I think that due to her, like, there's a little drama there. I think she would have done a good job, but I also am like, uh, would there have been yeah. unnecessary drama? Would she have had the best taste? Like, especially any of the girls from Peter's season, like, who really liked him. I'm like, I don't really trust your taste in men. So, or, oh my god, I have the worst taste in men. So I'm allowed to like talk about other people's <laughs> bad taste in men because I have never chosen well. So that being said, I was glad it wasn't someone from Peter's season, but I wish it had been Tasha from day one. Um, oh, right. Because like literally she's old enough, like she's like 30. And also, okay, we wanted two things. We wanted two things going into the season. We wanted a lead of color and we wanted an older lead. Tasha is both of those things. Right. And right. So they were like, mm, we hear you. We hear you. But Claire Crawley, um, and this is the thing about this, going into the Claire recap, I don't want to absolutely drag Claire through the mud because Bachelor Nation is fucking insane. And I don't know if you follow Claire on Instagram, but this poor girl is, I mean, woman is literally getting like absolutely gutted in her Instagram comments. And I feel horrible for her because like as a Bachelor super fan who has a lot of really strong opinions about the show, I cannot imagine having the free time, to, like, to go on and comment on people's Instagrams. Like, that's so fucking losery. Leave these people alone. It's so weird. Like, a lot of times, too, you'll look, and it's, like, older women. And I'm like, Oh, my God. Madam? Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison. I don't know if you saw this. Chris, someone commented on Chris Harrison's Instagram photo, something shady. It was a picture of him and Claire, and he was, like, so proud of her, like, whatever his caption was. And this woman commented on it, like, something rude about Claire. And Chris Harrison comments back at her and says, I just knew your bio would say child of God, with, like, the laughing emoji. And I was like, this is further proof that Chris Harrison is the prize on The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris, only man I trust Harrison. Delivered again. <laughs> Once again. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, none of this is to drag Claire. I just, I just didn't originally think she was the choice, but you know what? It's okay. Roll she with was the, the Hillary. She was the Hillary. She not was the Hillary. Correct. You know. Um, 
So, you know, they chose her. We all have been itching for the season. We're like, can we get Bachelor, please? We're so depressed. We're all in quarantine. I've been in my house for eight months. Let's go. Claire's season starts. And of course, before the season even starts, all basically everything that happens is leaked. Like they're like, Tasha's the new bachelorette, but like the bachelor doesn't tell us this, but everyone else tells us this. So you basically go in knowing Claire leaves. That's one of my favorite things about the Bachelor franchise, though, is there's a whole culture outside of just the show. Like there's Reality Steve, there's all the different podcasts that are hosted by contestants. There's like there is such a, a culture to the show that is is so much more than the two hours a week which I like love because we're in the middle of quarantine and I have nothing else to do with my time I mean I could be doing my grad school assignments but like I would much rather be on oh, yeah. reality Steve just he inhale really no shit this season but good I kind of I get mad when he does because I love spoilers so I have to check and then I get mad at myself and I'm like oh, I didn't want to know <laughs> like even though I did that I'm like no no, my first positive note on the season is that this is the most diverse cast I think we've ever had on this show. And not only is it an incredibly diverse cast, but I think sometimes what we've noticed in the past when Bachelor casts um, contestants of color, if the lead does not have an immediate attraction to that contestant, it's like they're not even there. Like, really, there have been a lot of Black women on The Bachelor and Black men on The Bachelorette and stuff like that. But if the lead is not immediately interested in them, we never see or hear from them. And yeah. what I really like about this season is, um, A, the cast is so diverse. And B, the men of color on this show are not immediately being sidelined. Like, we're actually getting to know yeah. them, even if Claire's not interested in them because she's not interested in anybody but Dale. But we're like still meeting them and they're not especially when Tasha came in last night like I was like oh my gosh like this is so great because usually we don't hear from contestants of color on the show whatsoever literally it's like oh we get to actually hear the perspectives of like these black men who are there and who have feelings I mean this show is so like vulnerable obviously every on this show is so vulnerable and it's so like refreshing I feel like I actually know the guys. Like sometimes I feel like I don't know any of the guys until we get to the final four. And right. it's like four plain ass white guys who all look the same and are right. like named. if I wanted to watch another cast of 30 guys named Brandon, I would go to a frat party again. Like right. and that's what the Bachelorette right. literally constantly is. It's like yeah. 30 white guys named Brandon, Tyler. J the Jason Chasen thing is chef's kiss. I laugh and laugh and laugh every time because they always say their names together Jason, like, Jason. how does how does Jason feel how does Jason feel I'm like okay Grayson Jason Grayson so much white men the, what are you doing other than the Dale and Claire of it all which is literally the only thing we learned about Claire um the Yosef thing it's just this is the problem also, a disclaimer, if anybody's listening to this that doesn't know us, um, me and Emily are probably more than likely going to make a lot of jokes about straight men. And if you're not down for it, like, you probably just shouldn't listen. Uh, that being said, Joseph pulled a classic straight guy in which he had a, a valid point. Like, he, like, how he was feeling was fine. Like, the date was degrading. It was embarrassing. Like, he took something 
that was totally valid and legitimate. And then he just shot the horse in the face, kept going, hit Claire with his car, backed up, hit her again. Like, I was like, dude, just come in. Like what he did in his ITM with the producer where he was like, yeah, I just feel like the date was degrading and kind of weird. And I don't get why she did that. Perfect. Right. Just say that to her. Right. <laughs> like, right. Oh, like, God. And he just had to be such a dick about it and make it, they, I, I always have a problem. I feel like this is like a con- consistent thing is a lot of guys who go on this show who have kids, they like use their kids to make their argument. And I'm like, your argument right. without bringing up your child was like, because if it had been a bunch of women in string bikinis, we would have been like, what the fuck? So I get it. I was like, I get it. Guys come on this show so often with children and they'll come on and be like, they like have to like rope their kid into it. Juan Pablo did that a lot on his right. season too. And it's like, it's great that you're a dad. I love that you're a dad. It's nothing against you. Like you being a dad has nothing to do with the fact that I don't like you. It's you like right. using that as a cop out for why you're mad when you could well, just be mad. It's also, there's a huge difference on this show between um, single dads who come on this show and single moms who come on this show. Like I remember when Aunt Amanda Stanton was a contestant on Ben Higgins season. She literally did not tell Ben that she was a mom until like right before hometowns. And granted, there is a stigma, I think, for women that obviously always that is different than with men. I think there's a stigma around being a single mom that doesn't exist with being a single dad. And I think Amanda more so didn't bring it up out of fear that Ben wouldn't be into that, wouldn't want her, whatever. And that's, that's a whole separate issue. But I just think that like, never once would like a mom I feel that comes on The Bachelor say to the male lead you're not setting a good example of a father to my child it's like the single dads on this show love to be like look how involved I am as a dad and I'm just like okay like we get it you have a kid fine like and it doesn't apply to every dad that's been on the show but no 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 oh my god I just feel like that Kenny I forget whose season he was on. I feel like it was Rachel's, but I don't remember. But he was a, a single dad and he was so sweet. And then he went on Paradise and he was so sweet and like such an attentive, loving dad. So this doesn't apply to everybody, but it applies to like a lot of the single dads that come on this show. A lot, and it's a lot of the guys, they like use it as a way to be like, look how great I am. I'm a dad. And I'm like, just like be a dad. I mean, I think that is great, but like, why do you have to use it in all of your arguments? Why do you have to use it to prove what a good guy you are? Like, if you're actually a good guy, we would just think you're a good guy. So I also had a problem with that. Like I was like, I, I hate, he was mean first, first and foremost, he was mean to her. It was so unnecessary, but second of all, bringing your child into it and like the sentiment was like, okay, whatever, like, you know, you would be disappointed if your child saw that, but like, it just felt really, it's exactly what you said. It was, he had the argument and then he fumbled right. because he just had, to, he had to keep going. He had to bring up more and more evidence. It's like, just bring up your complaint, talk it through like a dog. Yeah. And he just couldn't. And then he had a meltdown and he ran off screaming. So it was like right. crazy. So basically, horrible. all that happened in Claire's portion was, Claire is, and I say this in air quotes, Claire is old. We have to talk about how old Claire is all the time. Then we learn, like, she's leaving with Dale. None of these men have a chance. Uh, Yosef blows up. And then the last point before we get into the Tisha of it all, Jason. Poor Jason. I 
I don't know that I've ever felt so bad for a contestant on this show because it was very clear. When I say I don't, there have been a lot of people who've had tragic stories on the show, like right. Christina Schulman, Kayla miller Keys, like whatever. Horrible for them. I mean, in terms of what they were made to do on the show. I don't think I've ever felt so bad for a contestant because he was so clear with her that he has a difficult time opening up. He has a difficult time expressing himself, which first of all, so many men, not even just men, people in general, if they are that way, have difficulty admitting that they're that way. So the fact that he was able to say, I have difficulty opening up, this is really hard for me, whatever. And then the fact that she basically exploited that and and had him divulge all this stuff that I'm sorry is fucking weird to tell someone on a first date like not not to mention they stretched out their date date. (laughs) they literally stretched out this portion like they stretched out Claire to be four weeks when really it should have been two they also stretched out this date to be a full fucking episode we didn't even get a rose ceremony that episode because they made this date so long so you, normally they would cut it down a lot more. They like left all of it. Like not only was he being vulnerable to her, but all of those vulnerabilities were kept and put in the episode. <laughs> and right. I feel for, not that he could have known that, but like, I feel for him. And also just like the fact that he, um, like I just said, my boyfriend literally didn't even talk to me on our first date. Like it, first dates, and I understand that everything in the bachelor realm is sped up and it's amplified and it's whatever, because you're supposed to get engaged to someone in 13 weeks. But there's still an element of first date. Like, and I just feel like he literally was forced to like bear his soul to her on their first date. And then literally, I don't know what it was in real time, but watching it for us was two weeks. So probably like four days in real time. He goes on this date with this girl. He opens up in a way that he never has. He feels so vulnerable. And then probably four or five days later, she's like, hey, so I'm engaged. And I understand that that is partially production. Um, they planned the date. They helped Claire get engaged. So it is, it is partially on the part of production. But if I were Claire on a date with Jason and I knew that I was picking Dale, I would be like, can we do a different date? Like, why are you going to do this like even daring exercise? Even the date Tasha had last night with uh uh brendan brandon yeah was like just like fun you know you're in one resort i get it you don't have as many options as usual but like they went horseback riding they were in the pool they watched the fireworks they got their dinner like it was a normal layout for how a bachelor date goes it was like a bunch of activities but it's like there's this element of like fun to it and they did open up at dinner but the whole date wasn't them opening up like it was like actually doing stuff and then having the dinner portion which is how it always is like the dinner is always the part where you open up but I've never seen it where I mean not never I guess but on a first date especially where the whole date is just supposed to be you guys talking about your feelings holding the feeling stick writing down your feelings putting it in a balloon sending it into the air I mean it's like crazy I was like oh my god this poor guy and then no no (laughs) if anyone I dated tried to do that with me after a year I'd be like because we can just talk about this stuff anytime. Yeah, why do we have to, to like be... make like uh, that's what was that was what was annoying to me is like that could have been a conversation over dinner about your feelings but like after a fun date right and instead the whole day it was just right but while do this thing that's Jason, out of your comfort zone while we're on the Jason thing um I would like to give Jason a shout out for being one of the only emotionally mature men to come on the show in a really long time because 
when it came to talking to Tasha, he went to her and was basically like, look, I can't lie to you. I have feelings for Claire. You deserve someone who's all in. I think I have to go home. And Tasha was like, I appreciate you telling me that, but also this makes me upset because this was one of my biggest fears. And he says, I understand that, but the other guys don't feel this way. It's just me. And then, but I'm dumb. Like they hug, he leaves, whatever. Totally emotionally exchange between two adults. Like it was beautiful. I've never seen anyone leave the show on their own accord like that. It was so great. He was so nice about it. The other guys were so supportive of him. I was like getting emotional. (laughs) I was like watching the guys who were like, Jason, you got to do what you got to do, man. Like we're proud of you no matter what. I was like, this is so cute. Like my friend Katie texted me, shout out Katie. If you're not listening, you're a fake friend. She texted me, why does Jason leaving like that make me more attracted to him? And I said, literally same. I was like, it is the emotional intelligence of the whole thing. Like he really said, if I, I were know, Tisha, I would be like, bring him back. That's the one I want. <laughs> right? I would, I would be a hundred percent more invested in him after that. Cause I'd be like, he talked to me like an adult and he didn't blame, <laughs> and he didn't blame anyone else. He didn't blame her. He didn't even blame Claire. He just said, I have feelings for her still. And so I can't do this to you. And it was like beautiful, clean cut. I mean, probably the least dramatic exit, exit I've ever seen. And it, in right. the best way. I mean, it was so good. So no, I feel like him. I want Blake Moynes to follow in that footstep, but I just like know that he won't, which is hard because at first when we met Blake Moynes, when Claire was still there on night one, I was like, oh, Blake is so cute. Like he reached out to her during quarantine. He broke the rules, but like, that's fine. He was cute. She appreciated the effort, whatever. At first I really liked Blake, but the longer we go, I'm like, at first I was like, is Blake thirsty for Instagram followers? Is he, because everything he was saying, he was very much speaking in like, um, in like bachelor talk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can tell the contestants that come on this show that have watched the show versus the ones that haven't because the ones that have watched the show will be like, oh, he's not here for the right reasons. Like that's such a bachelor buzzwords it's these buzzwords that they have that they're like oh right so part of me was like is Blake actually super into Claire or is he just like into being on ABC like I don't know um but the longer it goes I don't even think it's that I think he just is really oh like I hate to use the word desperate because I don't like that word but it feels like he really is just desperate for a connection because he was so into Claire and so crushed that she was leaving with Dale. He didn't understand how she could do this, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't know if he can stay for Tasha because he doesn't know if he can, find, like, love somebody else or whatever. Tasha gets there and he's like, yeah, I'm into Tasha. And I'm like, okay, so. Yeah, I, I don't vibe with him. I mean, I tweeted this last night. The vibes are off, my man. Um, he. Myself, the vibes are off. The, to quote myself, the vibes are off with Blake. Something about him is just. Yeah, it it feels like it almost feels desperate, but it it also just feels like this immaturity. It's like this immaturity where he's just kind of like, because I know guys like that. I mean, I've dated guys like that. It's like this guy's so into me, and then the second we break up, he's so into someone else, and you're like, just like not like it's just kind of, and that's not how Claire's feeling, obviously, but it's like the same kind of sentiment where it's like, are you actually into this new girl? Were you actually into the old girl? Like, 
how are you actually feeling? Yes. It just feels a little like he just kind of wants to stay on the show. And I just, and I, my other problem with Blake is that every date they go on, he finds a way to complain about it. And I'm like, I know, like, it sucks when they do the team dates and then only half the people get to spend more time with her. But, like, yeah. it just comes off so whiny. Like, other guys were were upset, too. But, like, they're all, like, you know, oh, I really wanted time with her, but okay. He just comes off so... It's, like, entitled almost, too. It's, like, not... It's whiny, yeah. but it's also, like, I deserve to be there. And it's, like, well, why? Well, like something that was interesting that was happening when Claire was still there, and he would, like... Before we knew that Claire was leaving with Dale or whatever, or we knew, but the contestants didn't know, like, he would talk about it like he was winning. Like, I really think that Blake thought that he was the front runner because all the other guys would be, like, worried about Dale and, like, oh, Claire is spending so much time with Dale. And Blake would be, like, eh, she's not that into Dale. Or, like, whatever he said. And I was, like, I think that he thinks that he's the front runner. Yeah. And, which... and he always talked about it like it was a competition, which it is. But I always hate when guys, like, talk like that, when they talk, like, it's not about finding love. It's about, like, winning. Right. And that's the thing that I think you notice more on The Bachelorette than you do on The Bachelor, yeah. just because men suck and they have this, like, intrinsic competition thing that women don't tend to have as much. But, like, I feel like we saw it a lot. This is a great cast of guys, by the way. Like, even the guys that, like, were dragging are better, are, are oh, yeah. better than guys on seasons past. Like, I would rather Yosef than fucking Chad from JoJo season. You Jesus. Know, like, yeah, he's even, a mess. Like, yeah. Even Yosef, like, fine, I'll take it compared to some of the people we've had in the past. But, like, I just that has always kind of raised alarm bells for me, especially on The Bachelorette, because the thing about The Bachelorette is that it's always a, a beautiful woman, like, it's JoJo, it's Rachel, it's Hannah Brown, it's, like, all the, it's Becca Cooper, and, like, it's all these insanely beautiful women, and, and there's only one of her, and so all of these men, it turns into, like, gym class in the fourth grade, where they have to win, and it, it just, that's why I think the men that end up winning this show more often than not are the ones we almost don't hear from that often during the show, like Jordan Rogers and Brian and Garrett, even Garrett, when he was on it with Becca, like we don't hear from those guys that much. And I think it's because, well, A, it's production. They want to edit the winner to be favorable, but also, so if they are involved in drama, we usually don't hear about it. But at the same time, it's like, I think there's a reason because it's like, okay, these are the guys that are actually into her and not just like winning the bachelorette. Yeah, it, it's true. And that goes back far. I mean, the early seasons I was watching too, it's the same thing. I mean, it's always the guys and girls. I mean, like uh, Ben, did you, have you ever seen Ben Flanagan's season? No, I haven't. Indisputably the worst season of all time. Like literally we watched it and I was like, I want to throw up every episode I watched. It was horrible. He was the worst bachelor um, I don't even care if anybody from that season listens to this, like, for whatever reason, or anybody likes him, like, he can fuck all the way off. He sucked. He was the worst Bachelor ever. And he chose the villain. And it was a huge thing, because all the women, the whole season, were warning him. They're like, she's mean to us. She's not nice to us in the house. It's a competition to her. She just wants to win. She's not actually into you. And the whole time, he's like, I just, I see something different in her. He chooses her at the end. It's crazy. 
and the worst ending ever. But I think that after that, a lot of people, slash the producers too, started like, I think they started editing it more to be like more favorable towards winners because it, it was such a fucking like uprising. People were I like- I think one of the most slanderous, not slanderous, that's the wrong word. By the way, in case you haven't gathered or you don't know me and Emily that well, we are drinking during this podcast. Like, we were never going to do this sober. So, like, if you heard, like, ice clinking, like, you were right. Like, we've been drinking. So, yeah. Um, just, you know, clearing that up. But I think one of the most, like, egregious um, editing instances like that, after you said, like, the villain won and it was this big uprising, whatever. So, one of the seasons that I noticed the biggest, like not discrepancy in editing but the season that it was like the most obviously edited I think was Nick Vile's season and it was because I actually really like Vanessa Grimaldi so this is not me trying to drag Vanessa but Vanessa had drama in the house she was fighting with Rachel who I think she's actually like cool with now which is good because Rachel is my fucking queen yeah but she had drama in the house with Rachel but ABC had a real problem on their hands with that being the drama because Vanessa won and Rachel was their bachelorette. So obviously they wanted both of these people to come out looking good. And so all of that got edited out. Then they weirdly had to try to make Corinne the villain, even though she wasn't, she was just funny. And so the yeah. editing was, <laughs> so the editing was really choppy and weird, but it was because the two quote villains or drama starters in the house were b- the winner and the bachelorette. So they couldn't make them look bad. But basically, like, the Nick Vile of it all, like, and the way that his season was edited, and now I think what we're seeing in editing for the first time this season with Claire, a little bit with Colton, actually. So Colton, I didn't read his book because it seemed, it seemed like a lot of Christian talk that I couldn't handle, so I just, like, caught the summary, but, like, the summary of what I got from Colton's book was that he was basically, like, production is meant to protect the lead, like what the lead wants production is supposed to help them get. And so that's why Colton felt so betrayed by the franchise because they were basically, they knew he wanted Kathy. He told them he wanted Kathy and they were basically making it as difficult as possible for him to get Kathy. Like they were encouraging her to go home. They were having her dad come. They were doing all this. So we saw it there, but I think with Claire too, we're seeing it that production actually for the first time is editing against the lead. Mm -hmm. And in Claire's situation, I get it because she left. So we have to understand why production was okay with her leaving. We have to under, we have to, as an audience, we have to not like Claire to a degree so that we will accept Tasha. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we, us 20 something year olds on social media know we love Tasha. We die for Tasha. Like it's great. But so much of the fan base of the show is like 40-something-year-old moms who don't follow these people on Instagram who probably were excited about Claire. And so if we're going to replace Claire, we have to make the audience understand why. Um, So for really the first time, I don't even think it was so obvious with Colton, we're getting editing that is really not favorable to the lead. Like some of the stuff they have shown of Claire I'm sure they have footage like that of every lead, right? Like Jojo said that she knew it was Jordan from the second week. I'm sure somewhere in the archives, there's footage of of Jojo being like, oh, that's my boyfriend. That's my fiance, like joking around. 
but because production is kind of anti-Claire right now, they're right. airing all that footage and it's making yeah. Claire look like a psychopath. Yeah. They're in, they aired, I mean, the moment where she comes out, it's like the first, I guess it was the second episode, but like one of the first group dates, probably the first group date, she comes out and none of the guys stood up and she was like, none of you stood. And it was like the weirdest, I mean, I watched it with my friend and we were like, like, I was like, I'm like, as someone who is mean, that seemed like overkill. But when like you think about it a lot of times the guys do stand up they all stood up when Tasha entered the other night so well, that actually brings up a good point because I think something that was contradictory about Claire that I didn't really like but honestly like even if someone brought this up to her I don't think she'd care because she knew she was picking Gail but like the thing about Claire that upset me a lot was that she had a very um weird double standard for things like when she sent that that cutie, oh, I think it was the other Tyler C. Yeah. No, was it him that she sent home really prematurely because he said something kind of off color? Wait, was that the one who said he like didn't know anything about her? Yes. Was that Tyler C? I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was because I haven't seen him in a while, so, or like I haven't right. seen a another Tyler C. So that makes sense. But but basically, or no, 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 maybe Tyler C was the guy that went home night one. I don't remember. Either way, that guy that she sent home because she mm -hmm. said she didn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. It was such a double standard to me because she sent him home for not knowing anything about her, right? So that means yeah. he probably didn't watch Juan Pablo's season. He didn't watch Winter Games. He didn't watch Paradise, whatever. But then when the guys don't stand up for her, which is what is supposed to happen, because it's what it always happens. Okay, think about it. That's the first group date of the season. If it's a bunch of guys that have never watched this show before, they don't know that you're supposed to stand up because that's what everybody right. always does. So they just kept doing what they were doing. And then she got mad at them for it. And like, okay, so do you want guys that have watched this show and understand The Bachelor and know who you are and know how the show works? Or do you want guys that don't know anything about you and who don't know how the show works because you're telling the guy right. you're sending home one thing and you're telling this group of guys that they should know and understand all the roles of the bachelorette right it was it, it was this weird moment too because for me I thought it was really nice like these guys this season seem to get along really well and it was a moment where they were all sitting around kind of just getting along and like having their even with Dale included which is like this is kind of before they tried to make Dale public enemy number one which I don't necessarily think that he ever was, but they were yeah. all sitting around. They're all chatting. I was like, what a beautiful moment. The guys are getting along. Like this won't happen very often. And she comes in and she's mad at them because they didn't right. stand. And I was like, and also it seems like such an old fashioned, like kind of aged out tradition to me too. I mean, I'm like, I get the sentiment behind it, but like, it just is a little put on, especially when you're on a date with 10 guys. It's not like you're one, right. It's not like you're one date, like, oh, she's coming to the dinner table. Let me rise for the occasion. It's like 10 dudes who are all sitting around like, what do you have for dinner tonight? And then you right. walk in and they're like, oh, hey, hey, Claire. Like, they don't know. I mean, I don't I'm know. I'm so glad that Claire is gone. And I like, again, I don't mean to drag Claire through the mud um, because I don't think she actually really did anything necessarily wrong but I just don't I, I just think Tasha is a much better vibe um, right away like her first 
Okay, sorry. Two things. The only problem that I have, actual problem that I have with Claire, is when she wouldn't apologize to the guys. I was like, my God, I literally, when she was like, I'm going to apologize for love. I'm like, we're not asking you to apologize for love. We're asking you to apologize for the fact that you signed a contract at the end of the day that you were being paid handsomely for this. Yeah. You signed a contract. All of these guys have put their lives on hold to be here for you. During a pandemic, during a pandemic, like they left their families, they left their jobs, they left everything. There's no job security right now. Like some of these guys might have quit their jobs during a pandemic to come here and you can't even apologize to them for that. Like, right. And, and I was seeing online things that people were like, but she did apologize. I'm like, no, she only apologized when that one guy was basically like, no, I'm annoyed that you won't apologize. And him for it but also at the same time going off of what an emotionally mature group of guys this is when they were all kind of starting to lay into her a little bit as they had the right to because it was a shitty situation there was that one when she goes I want to apologize for love there was that one guy that was like and you shouldn't and I think once he kind of took that neutral stance all the guys were kind of like okay and they came down to his yeah. level and then it, it, it turned into a more mature conversation um, and that's to the credit of the guys, not Claire. Like she wasn't doing no. anything to help the situation. The guys were like, it was that one guy that like very much neutralized the situation. Um, yeah. but yeah, she wouldn't apologize. It was weird. I'm like, girl, you signed a contract. Like, I, I don't know. And there's been so many leads that have said that they knew from night one who it was and all this stuff, but you signed a contract. Do you fucking right. so? And so many too, something my mom and I were talking about is like so many of them think that they know, like if, if there's certain ones, obviously Jojo and Jordan is, is a different story. Like some people, yes, it's they're right. A lot of people think, like think about who they give the first impression rose to. Sometimes Luke P. Like, like you're not always a hundred percent. That's the point of the show. It's like, even if you have an inkling about someone like carry it out, because honestly, and I said this, like no shade to Dale but the last time I met a guy and the second I saw him I said I'm gonna marry that guy we dated for a year and then he ghosted me so I don't think (laughs) it's and I'm 23 so for me it's like whatever what do I know but like especially as someone who's been on variations of the show before she was on you know she's been on Winter Games she was on Paradise like she's done these different things and she's still just kind of like jumped into it. And I'm like, you know what? Love at first sight, sure. But like you signed up. And then she kept in her interview last night, she kept saying, I respected the process. And I'm like, but you didn't because you didn't see it through. Right. right. Um, okay, so now we only got one episode of Taisha, but let's just talk about Taisha for a second. First of all, ethereal oh. earth angel or goddess. Like she is literally the most stunning human being I've ever seen in my entire life. I like I love my boyfriend very very much but if I was gonna leave him for anybody it would be Tasha. Mm-hmm. um like she is absolutely unreal and like I hate to objectify women even though it's the second time I've done it this episode I talked about Claire being hot as hell but ABC could have just played a clip of Tasha getting in and out of the pool over and over and over again and I would have been like perfect play it for two hours do it love it no notes love it no notes I mean beautiful like, I was like there's never been such a stunning human being and yeah. when when she walked into the room on night one and all of these guys jaws dropped I was like, like same same like I'm glad that you gentlemen appreciate 
the woman that is in front of you because holy shit. I was like, there's never been such a stunning person on the show. Male, female, Chris Harrison. And like, you know, I love Chris Harrison. Like Tasha is the most stunning person that exists and walks this earth. She is so stunning. And, and what I was going to say too about earlier, which is perfect now because it's about Tasha, is just her like warm energy. I mean, just from the moment she walked in from the first night of talking to these guys, so lovely. she just, she was so you know, she has good feelings about certain guys. Like, she does. She has people who she's drawn to, as everyone would. But she's so fair. She's so fair to them. On the first group date, she was hugging all of them. She was like, great job, guys. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, Claire, I feel like, didn't even really want to touch anyone that wasn't Dale. And it was just like, like, it it just, it it was like kind of a problem for me. I was like, but Tasha, I feel like, even if she's not super, I mean, I'm not saying you have to, like, touch anyone that you're really not into, but, like, just the warm energy of it, just the like, great job, like, oh my god, it's so good to see you, oh my god, you look so great, oh my god, whatever, it's so comforting, I'm like, and it makes the guys feel better, it makes them more enthusiastic about her, I mean, you see it, only one guy went home because he was too into Claire, and the rest of them were kind of like, okay, because they didn't even know her, she wasn't that nice to them, (laughs) like, is it, is it just me, I know it's not just me, is it just me that just feels like the world is more peaceful since Joe Biden got elected, Right down to the Bachelorette. Like, Joe Biden got elected. Tasha got made the Bachelorette. The world is just more at peace. This is Joe Biden's America. Caitlin Bristow got all tens on Dancing with the Stars this week. Like, this is... Honestly, I'm going to start going to church. I tested negative for COVID. Like, it has been the best. The best. Joe Biden's America. This is what they, when Donald Trump was running those hate ads that were like, this is Joe Biden's America. This is what should have played. Tasha's the bachelorette. You tested negative for COVID. When I FaceTimed you last night and you said that you didn't have to tweet about the downfall of government anymore so you could care about the bachelor again. Like, so true. Like, I don't even feel frivolous talking about the bachelor right now because Donald Trump got voted out. Right. And there's still a lot of shit going on, of course, you know. Yeah, I'm like, the work does not end, but like. But like last week I didn't I did not not quote at all because I was like oh it's election night no fucking way am I tweeting about the bachelorette or it was not Thursday but but it was yeah. Thursday um yeah. and so it was like still we were still waiting on results I mean this election will last until I'm 75 so right. I was like I can't even tweet like I just feel wrong now I'm like I can say whatever I want and I do and no one listens and I don't even care I'm gonna bully him a lot when he's in office, but also like, it's not it's not as taxing as when I was just like recklessly bullying Trump supporters like constantly. And if you're a Trump supporter and you're listening to this, like check it at the door, babe. Um, <laughs> like, right. like I don't really know what's going on with you emotionally. Um, you know what? The Trump supporters like, listening to this podcast probably thought that Yosef was in the right. <laughs> you're very right. They were like. Mm. He had a point, very, though. Very um, correct. Last thing before we let the people go. Um, we used to talk about Mustache Man. Oh, my God. Do we ever? Mustache Man. This is my feeling on Mustache Man. Mustache Man sets a dangerous precedent. That men can just feel comfortable growing mustaches. Especially hot men because mustache man is hot like he's cute and I just 
feel like I feel the same way about mustaches that I feel about pixie cuts. Now hear me out on this. To our dearest friend, Megan, if you're listening to this, you are the only person I know that fucking rocks a pixie cut. So like this does not apply to you. The exception, the exception, not the rule. Literally the exception. Like Megan looks so stunning, beautiful and smart in her pixie cut. And I love that for her, but I feel the way about pixie cuts that I do about mustaches. One in every 100 people pulls it off. And the other 99 do not. And Mustache Man is in the 99. And I worry that Mustache Man being a contestant on The Bachelor and being hot, like he's going to get laid when he inevitably gets eliminated because he's on The Bachelor. So girls are going to want to fuck him. And that's fine. I'm happy for him. But at the same time, it's setting a precedent that if you grow a mustache, you can get fucked. And that's it's, not it's what dangerous. I want to It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And we saw this with Dean on Paradise last year. He had his beach mustache. He shaved it. And then he had a mustache tan. And it was horrible. And Kaylin still left with him. God bless her soul. Because it, I was like, teeny babies. Like, what are we doing? You know, you have heard, I'm sure, my theory about mustaches. And it's that every man I date, after we break up, they either join the military or grow a mustache. There's a Venn diagram. There's only one person who has done both of those things. But either or... And, and, and it's so dangerous because it, every time they do it, I'm like, I can't believe I dated you. I mean, she did a great job already night one. She had a great group date. She had a great one-on-one. I mean, she just made such good impressions. Um, Spen- is it Spencer? Public enemy number one. Yeah, he needs to go. I'm tired. I'm tired. He's, he's hot, but I, I worry there. And he looks like the other guy that she went on the one-on-one with. So I'm like, you don't need to. Just pick Brendan right. and get rid of get that Get rid guy. of Spencer. He seems like very aggro and weird. Um, I, the old, the only angel. bad thing Tasha has ever done was break his heart. But was reject Erica. That made me, honestly, I'm not even going to lie. It made me a little nervous for Tasha's taste. Me too. That she chose John Paul Jones over Derek Petz. I was like... John Paul Jones is, like, fine for your, like, college stoner boyfriend that you date yeah. for a few months, but, like, Derek has his husband material. I've, I've dated, like, six John Paul Joneses, and I'm <laughs> now looking, I'm now looking for my Derek Pets. so. Right, right. I get the sentiment, but that did make me concerned. It's the only concern I ever had, and then she showed up, and I was like, never mind, I, she could do no wrong. And then I was like, you know what? She had a lapse in judgment. She was on the beach. She was drinking a lot. Like, if you and me were on The Bachelor in Paradise, we would be wasted and leave with, like... Connor. I would have left with Connor. (laughs) Me too. Are you serious? I just, like... I love him. But for the record, on record, if you hear this... For the record, I would soberly leave with Connor. (laughs) DM me on Instagram, at mkrebs. But I love him. But seriously, when Kaylin left with Dean and he was like, I just, like, don't really know, like, what happened. I died. Part of my soul left my body that day. I've never laughed harder at anything. And I would have left with him a thousand percent. My heart feel both vindicated. Okay, so this is the problem. My number one Bachelor Nation man always is Dean Ungler. Like, Dean Ungler, I have stand. Since Rachel Lindsay's season, love him so much. Then he went on Paradise and was kind of a douche. And I was like, that's my type. 
like I'm into it. And then he went on winter games and he was fine. And he left with Leslie Murphy. Oh my God. We need to get to winter games in a second, but left with Leslie Ann Murphy, whatever. I thought they were cute, broke up with her. Then he goes on paradise again. And I was like, even with the mustache, like I was like, still in my dream man. And I know that we just talked about the mustache debacle of mustache man of Tasha season, but it's different when it's Dean Ungler. He's the 1%. And also it was more the mustache tan afterwards and less that the was mustache. Agreed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, last, last thing I promise. The what? Crawley has fully been engaged from a Bachelor yeah. franchise. Oh my God, yeah. And he like did an interview recently. And they have not talked about it, mentioned it, put it in her highlight reel, nothing. Like they are literally acting like it never happened. And I don't understand why. Um, we're going to have 10 listeners. So I don't know if we're going to get Benoit on the pod, but like he is my dream guest. What happened? Because he is commenting on her photos being like, so happy for you. And I don't know if that means that they're genuinely good friends, like he's making it out to be, or if he's just like thirsty because now she's the bachelorette, he can get followers. Like, I don't know. But all I know is I have one ex-boyfriend that I am friends with and we're cool. Like we're on good terms. He would never comment on a current photo of me and my boyfriend and be like, so happy for you. Like, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, so for Benoit to be doing that, I'm like, either they are genuinely the best of friends or he just like wants Instagram followers. Well, Which don't get me wrong. I respect the hustle. I want Instagram love it. followers. So I get it. But like, he did an interview where he was basically saying that he thought they had edited some of the stuff where Claire referred to Dale as her fiance. And he thought that that was like about him. And I was like, I don't know that might be a stretch but my thing with him and he said in the interview he's like we're still we're, you know we're still really good friends and I was like okay interesting my thing is like she wa she's waltzing around and she's like I've never felt this way with anyone I've never had anyone take care of me if he was right. if she's never had that why would she be friends with him like the only ex I'm friends with we are friends because he treated me so well in the relationship that when we broke up I was like oh yeah you're still a good person so if he, like, didn't treat her well in the relationship, I don't see how they could be friends. But I don't know. Right. I mean, not every but, relationship and, and is like the same. And, like, Benoit doesn't strike me as the type of guy who just, like, wants Instagram followers. But, like, right. that is what this behavior is indicative of to me. Like, being so thirsty, commenting on all her posts. Like, he posted when she got announced as the Bachelorette and was, like, no one more deserving first of all like the one ex that I'm friends with like I want him to have a relationship and be happy but like if he gets a girlfriend imagine how weird it would be for me to post a picture of me and him and be like nobody more deserving like no. best partner ever I was like Dude. if I were announced as the bachelorette my ex <laughs> would never talk to me again and it's not because he would be mad at me he would just be like you're tacky <laughs> He would be like, Bye. like I swear to God. I mean, maybe you would be like low key, my biggest fan, but and you would not post a picture of us. Oh my God, I would have to like threaten to hit him with a train for him to ever post a picture of us again. Like, no, it's weird. It's weird behavior. I know the Bachelor Nation is a weird place, and people do weird stuff a lot. I mean, we see the exes reunite on podcasts constantly, so who's to say at all? But. I do agree. I think it's a little bit weird behavior. And also just weird on the franchise that they're not acknowledging him whatsoever. It's like he no. never existed. 
they don't act like he's, and she doesn't act like, I mean, and that could also be her edit, the, the way that the right. franchise is editing her, because she doesn't act like she's ever been engaged. And I'm like, we right. know you have. It was on TV. We know, Claire. We, we know. know. So, very weird, very good point. Anyway. That's all she wrote. I mean, this was a long one because we had to recap, like, five weeks, four weeks. If anybody actually listens to this entire hour, um, first of all, I'll be shook. But second of all, I think that means that we're as funny as we think we are and we can keep going. So, yeah. And you know what? If this one's a shit show, there's always next week. We're not going to stop, even if it's bad. So <laughs> buckle up, baby. Literally, literally, like, direct quote by the Bachelor producers. We're not going to stop, even if it's bad. Like, we're going to keep making this godforsaken show, no matter how bad it gets. That is so factual. Yeah. So anyway. Who cares? We're following in their footsteps. Also, All right. uh, I'll see you in a few minutes for book club on Zoom. Oh, my God. I'll See you on book club, Kayla. (laughs) Bye. Bye.